Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And we are Katz. Alright, and welcome back to the show. This week we got two things we're going to be talking about. First, we're going to be talking about Warner Brothers. And they turned 100 years old today, this year. Oh yes. Yeah. And um, and we're just going to be talking about the importance of Warner Brothers for these 100 years. Especially in the, in the realm of animation and film. TV? Yeah, not so much. Um... So yeah, Warner Brothers. Was there that can be said that hasn't been said for them in animation? Uh, the... They dominate. I mean, yeah, you had you know Felix the Cat and all that stuff, and I think Disney also turned a hundred. Mm-hmm. But but during the years they had a, a very fierce rivalry. And at times Warner Brothers was always I was on top. At times they dominated. I mean, yeah, Mickey Mouse was all for adults. Well, no, I mean, it was for kids and stuff like that. And yeah, they had some, you know, Donald, Donald Duck and Goofy and all that stuff. Yeah. But Warner Brothers came up with satire mm-hmm. using um, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, Porky Pig, Elmer, so, Fudd. Elmer Fudd, Sylvester, Tweety. Like a myriad, almost, I would actually have to say a myriad because there's even characters that people forgotten. Like um, that little mouse. I think I wrote about him. Oh yeah, because of because of the, because of the old songs they used. You know how dry I am. Him, right? Um, him. Uh, the, the Gophers. Ch- the, yes. Yes. The, hey, 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 and success does not come without controversy. Okay. Right. I mean, they pretty much made one of the most brilliantly animated uh, cartoons of all time, but unfortunately, it's part of the. Uh, let me look up the name because. Uh, there is a term for them, unfortunately. The uh, cartoons or, or no, they made one cartoon and. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what is it on the Hollywood ban list or something? Um, it's it's part of a notorious list, unfortunately. Oh, it, uh, I'm just gonna say the title: Cole Black and the Seven Dwarves. Oh, directed by Bob Clampett and. Uh, it is actually one of the most beautifully animated uh, cartoons of all time, but mm. at the same time, it's part of the censored eleven. Oh. And the censored eleven is just uh, well, it's practically Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies uh, from Warner Brothers that uh, uh, unfortunately were um, at the time it was socially acceptable. Nowadays, it's just completely right like it just just can't yes well at least for warner brothers uh for the the censored 11 but um i think there's some that are even worse than that uh-huh but at least in terms of warner brothers it's part of the uh censored 11 okay but it's a big group of cartoons that are completely unacceptable so, like I said, you can't take their success without controversy. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. But what their what their controversy? Um, like you said, certain things came out of it. Like, for example, it was animation techniques. Animation they completely dominated. Right. Like you know, whatever Disney did, Warner Brothers did a whole lot better because they did. As I wrote before about the music, you know, they did innovations. Carl Starling is like the guy when it came to making um, cartoon music. Yeah, so you to can, this day. Yeah, so you can say he's like the equivalent 
of like well one of them because there's other people from other companies like fred quimby right uh from mgm and stuff but he yeah. created a musical pun right no i was gonna say like you can put him up there as like the mount rushmore of like um animation composers yes and the reason why i say that he's probably on top because he's practically one of the few musicians or, or composer or whatever that actually went to the animators themselves and says, I want it timed to the rhythm of this music. So it's got to be right there. And unfortunately, I think cartoons today lack this job. It's called a timing director. Uh. So they're, they're, they're not like big like the director, but they make sure everything works on time, you know, on cues. So Musical I'm cues or when they say... So they, for an example, crap. The crap. They make sure the animation of the mouth is perfectly with the voice. It says crap. They make sure all of that is like perfect. Right. Okay. So for an example, um, the music director would be like, okay, you having a musical like a, a musical montage and it stops on thirty seconds. Animators, you gotta draw it ex exactly, and then once you get to the thirty second mark, stop so it can sync together. That's his job. Yes. Ah, okay. Something like that. And and that's what the animation today lacks. Hmm. Yeah, you can have the glitz and the glory that, that the you know modern animators have right now, but their timing, you can know if you notice, the timing is starting to get very sloppy. Off. Hmm. Um can you give a current example of it? <sighs> Not on the top of my head yet, no. Um, but you can see that um, the at least you can see the animation is not running as smooth as it should. Right. I mean, they used they used to do like pencil tests and everything and stuff when well, it comes to movement and stuff. Well, yeah, because you have to remember because back in the day, compared to now, compared to technology, compared to the advancements of technology, and a lot of animation is like either either it's two D, two and a half D, or three D. It's all done on computers now. You know. Yes, you still use the you know you, you do have the you know the traditional storyboards and stuff like that, but when the animation is done, it's all done through computers. Mm -hmm. See, not like back in the day, it was like okay, storyboard was done on by hand. Even before they shipped, you know, they had to you know to, to cut time. They shipped it to Asia, like Korea and Japan, to, right. to do animation. Even before that, yeah, it was all done by hand. That's all I was saying. Yeah, but like five people, right. So, yeah, but like I was saying, it's like everything, compared to now, like everything was done by hand back then, you know, to the letter. And they did it the old-fashioned, traditional way of, you know, having a couple papers, going back and forth, seeing the flow, the, the fluidity and everything. It was like, you know, for example, you know, just opening the door. It just, they took that time and detail to, to And get the timing right. director also works with, you know, the music, Carl Starling, like, okay, we're going to do it to a salsa beat. And then when they open the door, you know... You know, they have to make sure the door opens correctly on cue in tune to the music. But at the same time, the sound effect of the door opening. I mean, it, they, they were that precise. Right. So, well, that that's a good thing. And then, like you were saying about the animators, you know, they had quite possibly like the equivalent to an all-star team of animators. Because of... Uh, because of the guy in charge of it. It wasn't even uh, Warner Brothers' property. It was Carl Schlesinger. Right. I keep naming him a lot because he's shrewd. He's a, sh he's a shrewd businessman as, as uh, 
he is knowing how to get talent, and he picked the good ones, the great ones. Yeah, you know, he had Tex Avery until that little snafu with one of his cartoons that got him so pissed he went to MGM, and he went on to become a legend in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob uh, Clampett, Bob, yeah, Bob Clampett, Robert McKimson. Chuck, uh, I think he was around barely when Chuck Jones was around. Right. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Chuck Jones was there. I think when he started. Well, yeah, we started uh, as an animator before he became a director, but he was there. Mm-hmm. Chuck Jones was there. Uh, oh, I want to say Frizz Freeling. Yeah, Frizz There's Freeling. Any... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, they yeah. So they like the li- the list can go on. Yeah, I don't and know. then I'm thinking thanks to the the. the um. Oh, they're like they're one of their biggest masterpieces. Was you ought to you ought to be in pictures, right? Like, screw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That movie did it first, right? And perfectly with and you actually see Leon Schlesinger. He was the only voice who was not Mel Blanc that did his, that that guy was doing his voice, right? And um, it, it showcased exactly what was going on in 1940 at the time, even though it's in black and white. But um, it is a uh, it is a masterpiece, and I don't know if you're able to see it on YouTube because it's so Warner Brothers property. But if you're right. able to find it, go see it. it. It's or unless if it's on Warner Brothers YouTube channel, which they would allow it. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. It it, yeah. it 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 is a masterpiece. Yeah, more better than uh, Duck and Muck. Well, actually, that's later. See, right. no, I'm t- that combined real life with animation. They did it first. Right, right, right. Well, not well. No, no. I take it back. They didn't do it first. I'm forgetting. Popeye did it, and some other people's. Betty the Boop did it first. That was in the 30s. Yeah. Because um, but the masterpiece was um, you ought to be in pictures. Duck and Muck was just showing uh the abstractness of uh what constitutes a cartoon character. Um, I think I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think I saw or heard a documentary. Chuck Jones was saying, you know, you could do whatever the hell you want to do with Daffy Duck, you know, turn him into that monster freak or put him in a, a, a sailboat movie or whatever, or whatever. You do all the crap you want to do to him. But in the end, the essence of the character of Daffy Duck is still Daffy Duck. And, he, and, you, see, and you see it. He, he, he's trying to do a little movie about the Three Musketeers. And what happens? The director screws him over. And, he, and, and you see the essence of Daffy Duck. He's just a pissed off, grumpy duck that just wants to get the job done. And no one's letting him, so he's going to lash out at you. Right, but before but before that, uh, he he was one of the craziest characters of the Warner Brothers catalog. Crazier than the Animaniacs, crazier than Freakazoid. I mean, he's done it all before he became. He know, was meta before meta. The word meta existed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know the animators had like a, a famous place when they were, they were doing termite terrace. Yes. It's dead now, as in you, there's no, you know, like some of the temples of the of the ancients in ancient times. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't have animation in Warner Brothers without talking about the late great, you know, a one in a generation talent, Mel Blanc. Oh, why do you expect he's called the man of a thousand voices? Yeah, he did. He did everybody. Um, well, almost everybody, you know, there was June Foray who was with them. You know, she's e- who's who's equally big in her own right. Yeah. She was Granny, yeah, of course, and she had a great dynamic. And and, and Mel Blake, um even helped her when it came into like you know contracting issues. You know, like oh, you own, 
like the voice issue and stuff like that in, yeah. in the contract. He helped her out. Of course. Because he knew that uh, he had to, because he had to protect his, his work stuff too. So, you know, I mean, he did, like I said, he did almost everybody, you know, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, uh, uh, some other characters that are probably obscure, um, Speedy Gonzalez, Foghorn Leghorn, Foghorn Leghorn, <laughs> Sylvester, Tweety, um, the Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil, yes. He did Elmer Fudd after the original guy uh, passed away. Died in the late, I think, in the late forties or the early fifties. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he had to. So he had to fill in the role of Elmer Fudd. And he also Wiley Coyote when he spoke. Mm, and also quickly the, the one the, the, few the, meeps of the Road Runner. Yeah, which became uh, iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Henry the Chicken Hawk. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I, the list, like I said, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. on. Peppy Le Pew. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the cat. I forgot what was her name. Pussyfoot. No, no. The Pussyfoot is the little one. Yeah. But he also did With the Mark animal. Antony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also did the voices for those two. And he famously did uh, Muggsy, the bug. You know, yeah. I don't know why I just done it, but I know why you done it. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't know, too, that while he was doing the voices for the Looney Tunes characters and stuff like that, he was also an accomplished actor, and he was on the Jack Benny show. Yeah. And he, and he was on, like, other shows, too. Yeah, but the way he done, done his voices quickly was because he also did puppet shows. Yeah. And and, and another fun fact, too, um, he's an accomplished amateur uh, ham radio operator, mm-hmm. TV radio operator. And what he would do sometimes is um, he would go on and if he find kids muddling around with it, you know, he would voice like bugs and stuff like that, you know, joking around with them. But and also just, you know, would read him a bedtime story or tell him a little story and then make sure the kids go to sleep. Yeah, I think he would rather torment them because, you know, some of the cartoons with the air raid, you know, air, that one with the two cats and uh, Tweety when he was naked, he's like, yeah. air raid, whites out, you know. You know, through the black guy, you know, break it up. And at the very end of the cartoon, he's like, turn out those lights. Right. But yeah, but that's what I heard. Yo, Sammy Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. And another thing, too, about uh, Warner Animation. Charlie Dog. Yes. I really love Charlie Dog. Yeah. But um, another thing, too, about Warner Animation, um, they won awards. They won Oscars. Yeah. Almost almost all of them. They they always come out with a winner. Once in a while, they had competition from uh, MGM with Tom and Jerry. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Those two were really um, butting heads, and uh, deservedly so. Yeah. Because mostly of uh, Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. Jo- no. Um, Hanna-Barbera. Tex Avery. Tex Avery. You know, when he went to Warner Brothers, with a, um, to MGM with a vengeance against Warner Brothers, he had some. So he gave, so Fred Tex Avery gave Warner Brothers Daffy Duck. Yeah, and I guess you know when he went to MGM, he created quite possibly the most nuttiest of all that is not part of the Warner Brothers repertoire. I don't think they would ever bring him back. Mm. Screwy Squirrel. He also invented Droopy. Oh yeah, he invented mm-hmm. Droopy. Um, he Chili, also invented Chili Willy. Chili Willy. He also invented. Um, he also kind of alienated his viewers. You know, kind of went surreal. Right. Before Warner Brothers did, um, because you know. Um, you know, you see some of the char- some of the characters go off the screen, or Squeeze Girls like, hey, hey, wait a minute, stop the chase, stop the chase. We just passed the ending of the picture. See there, the end. 
well, what are we going to do now? <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah. But getting back to Warner Brothers, um, they also made fun. And, and the best thing about, you know, that's why they were more dominant. They were dominant and destroyed Disney animation-wise. Is they also um, made fun of what's going on. Oh, at the time. At the time, you know, they made fun of. They practically made fun of everybody and Hollywood, even their own, even their own movie stars. Right, of course. You know, and speaking of tra transitioning from animation to Hollywood, they made a lot of famous films. Oh yeah, uh, they were also part of the silent movie scene, and um, even though um, we were mentioning the jazz singer going into public domain, that's a Warner Brother film. Yeah. Um, they created what we see today in movies today, you know. Um, they created dialogue. They created story. Yeah. They created... Um, plot twists and plot. everything. Um, you know, they created, you know, the template of, okay, here's here's a movie that's going to be this long. You know, I think it was like over an hour long at mm -hmm. the time. So it's like, it's going to be like this. You know, the structure is going to be like this. Right. And same thing with the music. And unfortunately, at the same time, they kind of dictated uh, the dark side of uh, what constitutes the movies that we see today. You know, the, uh, and what I mean is, um, uh, like, who's going to be the star? Right. In, 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 in a relative sense, like stripping down to the basis, like who's going to be your main actor? Who's going to be your main actresses? Who's gonna, you know, who's gonna be your um, the supporting the cast. supporting cast? And if there's an antagonist, who's gonna be the main antagonist? Yes, and how is that gonna work? You know, in a world of sound, right? And uh, they were um, so in the good, you know, the double edged sword. They did all that, but at, at the same time, they created what would be now known today as the uh, typecasting. Mm -hmm. Um, but but. Uh, but they didn't really do any typecasting. I think other other companies did it. Right. But unfortunately, that precedent was made by, by you know, the jazz singer. Right. And, um, but, but out, but, you know, going, moving on from the jazz singer, they made a lot of great movies, you know, uh, Casablanca. Right. Uh, I should double check on Casablanca. Uh, the Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. Which was also a, a, a big joke for the cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart was also a, a star and a joke. The Warner Brothers. Of course. Um, um, and they kept, they kept going and going and going. And uh, Batman, you know, going all the way to 1980, 1989. Right. Well, that was before they took over DC, but it's just, just a Batman film by yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Like The Shining, I think. Yeah. And they also invested in, like, uh, independent films under the Warner Brothers thing. Mad Max. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is quite possibly the most successful film of all time. I don't care what's going on right now, but in terms of how much it was cost to make to its profit. Right. It was only a few hundred thousand dollars yeah. by uh, George Kennedy and uh, I forgot who else, but he died in the helicopter crash. Mm -hmm. A few hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, and they, they made, took an unknown and, guy named Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, turns out, uh, you know, it made a whole lot of bank. And even and to this day, adjusted for inflation, 
you, you cannot um not even avatar could could match the type of of uh success and revenue based on the making of the movie All right which led to mad max um you know mad max 2 the road warrior famously famously there uh, mad max beyond thunderdome and i think also most the, recently and most recently mad max um Fury Road. Fury Road, yeah. That's a Warner Brothers film. And the upcoming um, Ferrosa? Yeah, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, is, is George Kennedy going to be involved in it? I think so, maybe. Because you got to remember, um, you know, that's what, you know, they also had great directors like George Kennedy because he's keeping the classic issue of effects alive. Mm-hmm. Screw the CG. I want practical, and he and he is, and I think he's one of the few directors that keep keeps that tradition alive. You know, you want the spaceship? No, I don't want a CG spaceship. Just build the damn thing. Or that dude in Fury Road with the guitar. Yeah, practical, that's an, practical. An, yeah, and that's an actual thing. I heard that. Yeah, it took took the prop dude and Gibson like I think three weeks to actually make that. And not blow up, yeah. And even uh, the guitarist, like the, the guitarist, said that when they told him this is what's going to happen, um, he didn't believe it. But then once it happened, he was like, "Oh God, you know, this is like the awesome but also scariest thing he's ever done," you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, you said The Shining. Yeah. Is, isn't that a Warner Brothers film? I'm trying to think. Or under a Warner Brothers. Yeah, distributed by Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah see? Yeah. So there's that. And uh, I think A Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Was Warner Brothers? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Warner Brothers, yeah. You know, happy 100th anniversary. Oh yeah, it is distributed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so happy hundredth hundredth. Um, I hope maybe they would still be around and not screwing up where their current situation is at. Well, unfortunately, that's that's where uh, <laughs> that's where people our age get to say. How come we don't have the stuff you guys made golden 100 years ago? And not just the cartoons, but the movies, you know, practical or well-written or, or done the old-fashioned way. You know, it can, you know, instead of, or, or, or at least instead of remakes, you know, how about getting something overseas and distributing it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and especially, oh, God, um... The Oscars, when they showed like you know 100 years of Warner Brothers, a lot of people were pissed off because they were like, "Where was the cartoons?" Because they won Oscars as well. Yeah, because they were embarrassed. Where was the cartoons? Where was Bugs Bunny? Yeah, no, well, like I said, they were embarrassed. Yeah, well, then again, the Oscars was on a Disney-owned channel. Enough said. Speaking of that, moving away from Warner Brothers. Well, stuff. one last thing on, mm-hmm. on Warner Brothers: if they're gonna, if they're gonna, at least animation-wise, they need another Leon Schlesinger. They ne- have to. Nah, it's never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. 
No one, they don't make people like that anymore. Mm. They don't. They just don't. I should know. I come from I come from a different industry, and from my previous industry that I was in, they don't make certain guys and women in that form anymore. That were tough as nails. They take a hit as much as giving a hit, but also had that knowledge and can just spill it as quickly as possible. And when they saw someone that they knew they had talent, yes, they will nurture them, you know. But if they saw someone who didn't have talent, but had like their moments here and there, they would be like, okay, you can stay. I will teach you something, but you know, you got to prove your worth, you know, firm, but fair. Yeah. And back then, you know, when you were an actor, you had to do it all. Yeah. Work your ass off. If you, well, you had to be back then you had to be like the total package. You know, you had to act, you knew how to act. If you had, if you had to sing, you knew how to sing. Dancing, 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 you had to dance. You got a model, you got a model, you know, you had to do everything. You know, if you had to make your own, if you had to do your own makeup, you know, in the rain, you gotta learn how to do your own makeup in the rain. You know, like I said, they don't make, they don't, you know, they don't make those type of people no more. They don't. They don't. You know, but like I was saying, moving along from Warner Brothers to some sad news, um, music legend Bobby Caldwell passed away. A few days ago as a recording. Yes. Was even on the 14th? Yes. Um, did they, did they report it on what was, uh, what was the cause of his passing? Well, the, he, he retired in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was because he, uh, um, he had suffered, uh, severe side effects from, uh, fluoroquinolone. Mm-hmm. So it is a um, quinolone antibiotics member of a large group of broad spectrum bacterial bacterial cytos. Um Well, they're used to treat um, bacterial infections. So I guess he was battling something for a long time, right? And um, well, those effects really got to his health, and he he had to go. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. Um, just in case, if people don't know who Bobby Caldwell is, list of, give a list of songs. Well, first of all, he's most famous for doing the uh, signature song, What You Won't Do For Love. Mm-hmm. You know, what you won't do, do for love. That one. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing was, at the time, was he's white. And um, and the record company he debuted his out al- his first album, which has the song. Um, it is uh, on the clouds imprint of TK Records, and TK Records was mostly for the uh, African American audience. Right. So nobody knew he was white. That's why in the the cover, you see him there, but you know he's cleverly hidden in the shadows you don't see his color or nothing and a lot of people over the years were like well man you know this is a brother he's black and then when they found out he was white he's like holy crap he's white 
Who cares? Fuck it. I love this song. Right. It, he, you know, he did. He he worked his ass off for that one. Yep. Because uh, he did mo. I think he did all the instruments himself. Mm-hmm. It was basically basically a one man band. Yeah, but you know when he had the band do it, you know he made sure they they did it how he wanted. Right. And uh, still, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a damn good song. Yeah. What but he's they... not. But he's not a one hit wonder. Oh, of course, I was gonna say what other hits he had besides that one. Um. Well, it's not just that. He uh, um. Uh, he did some songs like uh, um, "My Flame," mm-hmm. and I say that because his his songs are usually used for sample by hip hop uh, artists, which meant you know that also means he's not a one hit wonder. Like uh, "My Flame" is sampled for "The Sky's the Limit" by Notorious B.I.G. Um, Jay Dilla on Common's, um, you know, he did uh, The Light with Common mm-hmm. from uh, the 2000 album, like Water for Chocolate. That was from Bobby Caldwell. It was uh, his song, Open Your Eyes, from his album, Cat in the Hat. Um, uh, Carry On, mm-hmm. Little Nas X was sued in 2019 for $25 million because he didn't ask Bobby Caldwell's permission. Mm. <clears throat> That must have been one he paid real bad for that. But he was very famous in uh, uh, Japan, and he also wrote for other people. Like, uh, you know, um, he wrote The Next Time I Fall for Amy Grant and Peter Cetera. Um, he, he, he uh, after 96, he just arranged songs from the Great American Songbook, you know, a la Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But... He um, he also he was he also did film soundtracks. Believe it or not, he did uh, the one song "Educated Girl" from Back to School. Like he wrote that song. Yeah. Well, he wrote and performed it. Um, the song "Take Me, I'll Follow You" from Mac and Me, um, Puerto Rico from the film Salsa, and uh, the sequel "Every Teardrop." He also recorded uh, "Never Give Up" from the '84 film uh, "Night of the Comet." Okay. Um, he also did uh, big band verts, um stuff like uh, from uh, Simone and Lake Boat. But he's very famous in Japan, very popular. And his nickname over there is Mr. AOR. Mm-hmm. AOR is short for Adult Oriented Rock. And he, and he won in 92 uh, Best Foreign Artist at the 34th Japan Records Awards. Hmm. I mean, hell, I think, in, I mean, I saw this on Twitter when uh, they announced his death. He was at the Soul Train Awards, I think in 2015 or 2013, you know, performing What You, what you Won't Do For Love. And uh, the whole crowd was just like in awe and they were just like singing along to it like, damn. They're like, that is a, I don't care if he's white or not, that is a damn good song. And must have heard it from my parents or whatever, you know, because that mm-hmm. is a damn good song. Yeah, so you know, that's it's sad. It's sad to hear losing a a musical legend like that. You know who? Yeah, I mean, we already lost Burt Backer right now. Bobby Caldwell, and uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, our condolences to the family and loved ones and friends of Bobby Caldwell. 
Uh, and without further ado, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful time, had a wonderful week. We'll be back next week um, to talk about more things on pop culture and whatnot and, and every other little weird thing here and there. Uh, so until then, on behalf of We Are Cats, I am Captain Cats. I hope you guys have a wonderful time, have a wonderful week, and stay safe out there. Until then, take care. Yo-ho!